Thank you for listening to the Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Star Strength and Conditioning. We believe that by creating positive habits in sleep, mindset, nutrition, relationships, movement, mobility, and training, you have the ability to become better than yesterday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show formerly known as the Better Than Yesterday podcast. It is now called the Corey King podcast. This is week three that we've had her back. This isn't actually like she hasn't actually come back. We've just been sitting here for hours talking, which has been great. And then I wish we were like recording the stuff that we talked about before we started the first podcast and then in between the first and the second and now before the third. But anyways, we've still got three more mountains to climb. Corey says they're not as big Mm -mm. as the first two that we covered. So next up, we've got some mental prep. That's the mountain we're going to tackle right now. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Again, this one is what can you do to prepare mentally today, tomorrow, and the future. Some reflection of the past, understanding of who you are and what you need to do. So for me, um, I'm so curious. So I'll read, I'll study. You know, an idea pops up like, oh, I got to read about that or I got to learn about that. So I'm preparing myself mentally for something that's interesting to me, right? And if you're not interested in it, you're not going to want to do it. So find what you're interested in. Um, again, we'll come back to fitness. So I might buy another book on fitness or another book on nutrition or another book on this. It's just another perspective, right? Um, develop focus. I know personally before I would begin a race or uh, embarking on climbing a mountain, like when, when I had done Kilimanjaro or a, co- a bodybuilding competition, I would get my, it would just happen where this, focus would come over and my face would go like, you could call it resting bitch face. I don't know. (laughs) But you just get into that zone where you're hyper-focused for the task at hand. If you can apply even a little bit of that um, to that mental preparation before whatever you want to learn or endure or take on, or it could be a project at work or, or, you know, a project with school or whatever, is you kind of get yourself into that headspace. And so you do the steps to get yourself to be able to focus and have some clarity. And like we talked about in the previous podcast about sort of that um, that emotional mountain too and, and cleaning up that shadow and stuff. Again, this applies to that as well because when, when you work on that emotional side and you're working on your physical side, you have clarity of thought where you can have clarity for preparation. And it all works to kind of get it all is in sync on some levels. Again, we're, we're going to be good at some mountains and the others, some mountains we're going to have to work a little harder on. Yep. So, you know, Paul and I have talked about, well, what simple things we can do to prepare mentally for, say, the days ahead. And say you're going to the gym for a 6 a.m. class, you know, Paul's great at this. Like he said, like, put your clothing out, get your food ready, any supplements you take. Um, what can you organize to make the next day a bit better or easier so you can set yourself up for success? And not have to think about it. And not have to think about it because I don't know. I, I have a hard time early in the morning anymore and I can't. I'm a 9.30 class now. Like I've also earned my stripes to get here because <laughs> when I was competing for bodybuilding, I'd get up 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, I'd have a two, three-hour workout before the kids got up. 
you know, get on with the day with the kids, do what had to be taken care of there, pop in and out of work, do whatever I had to do there. And then I'd have another session in the evening. Right. So I couldn't have done that without preparation, you know, lining everything up the night before. And even when you're so dog tired right now, my prep is to make sure the coffee pot is ready to go. I just push the button in the morning. Right. But I've trained for so long to think of preparedness that Paul kind of teased me when I came in to start the podcast. He'd never seen anybody so prepared. That becomes a discipline. And I know we haven't really talked a lot about discipline, but that's also another core foundation of how I think and how I prepare for everything. I am incredibly disciplined to the point where it's sometimes silly. So... I know I came in with all my books and my notebooks and Paul's like, whatever. I'm like, I know I'm a little over the top, but I do believe in absolute extreme discipline. Without discipline and structure, I don't focus. I can't, I don't, I'm not a very unproductive. Like if I wake up and I don't have a lot to do that day and I actually kind of have an easy day, I'm lost because I'm really not having to be disciplined then for anything. Right. And that's, I don't feel good. I just don't feel good with not having sort of an agenda. And I know that I may have to work on that. It might be a little bit extreme. And I need to learn to have a little bit more rest and play, right? I know yep. I'm, I fully agree with that. Um, but I thrive with structure and discipline um, because it's helped me achieve my goals. I love structure. I need to work on the discipline aspect. Oh, really? <laughs> I get, oh. oh, I get distracted easily. Yep. Yeah. And it's like you try to try to figure out like what's you know, what's important versus what's urgent. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Like I, whether it is like, you know, going downstairs to take a break from work and Mm -hmm. you start getting into some conversation conversations and stuff like that. And it's like, those are, those are definitely important. Like you got to keep relationships up, but yeah. You know what? My husband actually be good at schooling you on that. He's incredibly disciplined and he'll literally walk away mid conversation. If something happens, he's so (laughs) throw up the middle finger and like, see you later. (laughs) I've never, he's a unique person that way because he is insanely disciplined. And has been his whole life. And he will literally just walk away. I just laugh when I see him do it to other people. Like, I'm yeah. totally, like, whatever. Like, I couldn't care less. Yeah. But he is, I think he's probably offended some people. Yeah. Because he is, I mean, and Grant, he also has his pilot's license. Like, he, he is, when he is doing something, he's yeah, doing yeah. something. Well, he was an Olympic-level athlete, <sighs> right? Like, you learn how to be disciplined with that. Otherwise, you, you don't know, get there. You know what? He's the most humbled person I've ever met, he will not talk about stuff of his accomplishments. I boast on his behalf. Like I'm proud of him. He's like so humble. I'm like, would you just tell people you're super cool? He just doesn't. We're going to have to get him on the show and we'll just call it the King show rather than. You know what? He, he really has an amazing perspective and life and discipline and work. And he is very passionate about financial literacy to teach people how to be financially sound for themselves. So you, you should talk to him. He's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll find out how to get a hold of him. Oh, I might know. I might know. <laughs> yeah. You know, might give you his number, but anyway, when you're ready for another yeah. long podcast time, anyway. Um, so and another thing too is like, again, we can come back to that mental preparation of also cleaning up those cognitive shadows because they will hold you back. Again, it comes back to the mental, the physical, it all loops around, right? Yep. And there's 
sort of a, a saying, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this before, it's called the OODA loop. And they talk about it a lot in the Navy SEALs and they use it when they're doing planning, you know, strategy planning and attacking or they've got big missions to go on. They all spend days, weeks, hours, months just in the planning stages before they even execute, right? They literally try to go over every single scenario imaginable that could go this way or that way or whatever way. And even still, and being able to adjust on the fly, right? That sort of resiliency of being able to do that. So, you know, they did talk a lot about that where it's observe. So observe your surroundings. What's around me right now? What do I need to do? Orient yourself, right? Understand where I am to orient, to look, to see, okay, okay, it's coming together. Yep. And you got to make a decision. And then you got to act on it, right? They, with the, with the, when they took down bin Laden, mm-hmm. they had like a compound that was set up exactly mm-hmm. like his from like satellite photos mm-hmm. and practiced and trained on that. So it's, it's not even just the, the planning. It's like going and training and executing on it and, and like practicing before actually yeah. going and, and doing it. Yeah. So, so here's it. You, that's so, isn't that cool? Isn't that yeah, the coolest thing? That's, but, that's unreal. If like, you want to talk about preparation. Yeah. So I don't know if you know who Andy Stump is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was at this talk. I met him. I okay. got to speak with him. Cool. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I don't tell Bill that, but oh, I got a big crush on him. He is a 17 year, uh, year Navy SEAL retired. He's like famous for his base jumping in the suits and like he's, oh, God damn it. I'm glad I'm not his mother. That's all I can say. Cause yeah. I would be like. I would not be, I'd be in a, I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. He would get up and talk about resiliency through adversity. That was his big thing because he was part of that. He was all part of those missions. And they actually were talking about some of their missions. And of course, us, you know, little Canadian folk were just like, oh, like to us, that was, to, well, for me, I shouldn't say for all of us, but I thought he was a rock star. Like I was just like, wow, this guy's so cool. He's been through so much, but he talked about that planning. And he said, we, he said, everybody, it's all glamour, right? It's all, you hear all these stories. We the go, movies, yeah. He said, it's so not like that. He said, it's painfully slow because of that whole planning. Same thing with mental prep. Put the time and energy into that. You're guaranteed to set yourself up for success. You know, what can I do to help me? What can I do? I can't look for outside sources, right, to to fill that or fix that for me because I'm too lazy or I just don't know. What is it? Like, ask yourself, am I just being lazy? Which, hey, I've been there. I struggle with that. Or is it too much? I just don't know what to do. Then how do I find that out? Do I need to buy a book? Do I need to read? Do I need to YouTube? YouTube's freaking awesome. You can learn everything. Yeah. You can change a park spark plug or you can build a castle. Like, I mean, yeah. the stuff that you can do on YouTube yeah. is crazy, yeah. right? It's insane. So seek it out yeah. and ask somebody you know. Um, yeah. So that's mental preparation. Again, Put it in the work. Put it in the work. So see, that one wasn't so bad. (laughs) That wasn't so bad. Next up, intuition. Oh, good one. This is a gooder. This is a gooder. This one pretty much everybody can relate to. What is mental? You know, your intuition, your awareness, being aware, being present. 
How do you, how do you create that space? You got to unplug. You got to unplug. You got to be in a creative space, right? You got to schedule the time. I know, Paul, you want to go to Mountain Bean and you want to set up (laughs) and you want to just be alone. Yep. This was pre-COVID. And that was like well, mul- you, multiple times a week I would do that. Yeah. Well, you can now. You're allowed yeah. to go back in now. So yeah. what I want you to do is take your schedule and block off that time. Even if you can only get 30 minutes in one day. No. Make the effort. Take the drive. Get the process started. Yeah, you might get a couple, you know, 15, 20 minutes in. It's a freaking start. Yeah. Then maybe a few days later you'll have, oh, I got an hour and a half. Do it. Put it in as a scheduled event, just like a scheduled class, um, you know, a boot camp or whatever you're doing. It's a schedule, period. And it's non-negotiable. So you have to decide what is a non-negotiable for you. And you're going to laugh. And you want to know what my non-negotiable is? And this, everybody knows this in my house. We do not change hair appointments. That is a non-negotiable. Corey likes to get her hair done. That's a non-negotiable. It's creative. We're putting color in that shit. We're going to create something when I walk out of there. I know it sounds funny, but it's my boundary. I have to set a boundary, what what I need for what what my needs have to be filled. Because I feel like if I don't set this boundary to what one of my needs are, I feel like I'm drowning, right? I need a space where it's either just my alone time I can, I'm not thinking about cooking dinner. I'm not thinking about laundry. I'm not thinking about running to the beach. I'm not thinking about anything else. So I have to set a boundary. And I have to put myself first. Because when I start to do that, everybody's happy around me. Right? How often do you go for hair appointments? Every four weeks I okay. go. Every, All right. four, weeks. All right. every four weeks. <laughs> It's all great, so we have to work on that. <laughs> but anyway, well, don't laugh. <laughs> Listen, you'd be happy to have all your hair. I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. So w- whatever your thing is, right? Yeah. So create that space. It's long distance. Someone's going to try and sell me something. Oh, so I'm just go. not... How do I, how do I, I just... Don't know. Whatever. Pick it up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Pick it up. Up, it down. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Here, another thing, um, intuition, because again, you're, you're tapping into that inner, that inner voice, that inner need that needs to be filled, whether it be really important or frivolous, does not matter. It's important to you. You want to go to Mountain Bean? I want to get my hair done. Both very important. Yep. And I say that in all jest with the hair. But <laughs> meditate. You know, like you were speaking to me earlier. We were talking about breath work. You get up in the morning by yourself in the living room with the lights off, or maybe the lights are on, and you have those moments. You're breathing. You're in a space. You're tapping into that inner self, right? Even if it's even if you've got some static going on in your mind, because we all it's hard always to shut that shit off, right? Because you're thinking that thousand and one things I got to get done today. You still do it. You still do the practice. I feel way better after it. Totally. It's like four seconds in through the nose, four seconds out through the mouth. Yeah. Do that for five minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes. The time flies by, mm-hmm. and I think one of the one of the things that I thought about is you don't expand 
your lungs as much as you do when you're you're really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So you can go through the day and just kind of like take short, yep. shallow breaths, yep. or you can sit there and be intentional about it mm-hmm. and just really inhale mm-hmm. and exhale. And that's just, I'm just counting four seconds, mm-hmm. four seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. my alarm goes off and it's like, shit, it's been five minutes already. It's been eight minutes already. Yeah. And it's, I, I feel so much better getting out of that. Like, And these are practices and steps it's a form of discipline, right? That is only going to benefit you. It is serving you. So what doesn't serve you is when you get up in the morning and you pick up your phone and you go to Facebook. So if you can say for the first 15, 30 minutes, whatever it is, just get up. Maybe just walk to the coffee pot. Don't look at the phone. Don't turn on the news, whatever it is. Do the things that are going to serve you to tap into that creative side of you, to that inner voice. We talked about having conversation with somebody and you walk away and you don't feel good or you feel great. What is that intuitively telling you? Something's there. Mm -hmm. We may not be able to name it. We have to tap into that, that we have to listen a bit. But also, we can't let our feelings also rule right? We also have to look at things, you know, that are real. Situations outside of ourselves have a reflection back in. We also can't always just lead with our feelings because they can be very, they can mislead us, right? Mm -hmm. Your intuition is not your feelings. That, That is a separate thing. Right? Because sometimes, yes, I'm feeling sad. Okay, feel sad, but still move forward to do the next right thing. Yes, I'm feeling angry. Yes, you're angry. Still move forward to do the next right thing. The feeling should not dictate the next step. And intuitiveness is different than a feeling. Intuitiveness is just like, it's like that nervous system knows when you're doing something you should not be doing. Mm -hmm. It has a way. Some people have a different way of defining that. Some people say it's God whispering in my ear. You know, however, wherever your faith or non-faith is coming from, you need to pay attention to that. That's usually right, right? It's not a feeling. It's intuition. It's different. Um, This also goes back to the stories that we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves these stories of who we think we are, who we want to be. But in reality, we're not really living it. We're just not. I am totally capable of doing that because I am a dreamer. I'm totally a dreamer. I think, oh, I can do that. I go and do that. Oh, God, that was really hard. (laughs) But I tried. So again, it's the stories we tell ourselves. We have to get ourselves out of this way of thinking, put things into a reality, like a reality and then take the steps to achieve what we want to achieve next, period. Feelings can sometimes get in the way of that. I don't feel like going, doesn't matter, do it anyway. Oh, I don't feel good today. I don't care. Your arm's not falling off, do it anyway. You have to come to a point where if you're going to give that the attention and control, what the hell do you have? Like, you have to distinguish that, right? I feel a lot of things within, you know, 30 minutes. You can't dictate my whole day. Yep. So that's another thing is just be aware of that. Create space where you can create, meditate, tap into the... And you can only do that when you're in a... It doesn't have to be quiet. It just has to be unplugged. 
just has to be unplugged. You can be sitting in a noisy room and off an electronic device and just observe. You'll learn. You'll learn so much by just watching people. Yep. I'm a huge, I love watching people. In the do, you have, do you have a certain time a day that, that works well for you for being creative? Like I find there's I'm usually the morning. a window. Yeah. So okay. I'm at my best in the morning. Okay. As the day goes on and I may get a bit more tired or I got to think, oh, I got to get that shit done. I'm, I'm best in the day or there's a window. It's very short at night because I get so tired now in the evenings, right? It's a very short window in the evening. So if I can get, because I remember, and it's funny, it's, you know, it's very interesting that you asked that because I remember back in the day when I was running a lot and I don't really run very much anymore because my hips all buggered up, but I would have my best run sometimes in the evening where I could just go shut off. It's been a long day. Yep. The sun's just not quite setting and you feel like you could run forever. There's that that euphoria, yep. that meditative state that you get into. Sometimes, you know, you just find yourself in it and you're like, you just ran three miles and you don't remember running them. Mm-hmm. It, you just, your mind just kind of checks out, but it's in that state of peace. It's almost like a meditation. So there's, a, there's sometimes in the evening I can get that, but mostly in the morning for me because I'm just... I wake up with, I, I swear I dream shit too. And I wake up, I'm like, oh, I got to write that down. Like yep. I, I'm very intuitive in the morning, that, that sort of way and have energy to really get into heavy topics too, right? Um, afternoon, I'm a kind of a, there's nothing left of me in the afternoon. <laughs> it's pretty much dead. But yeah, I would say for me, morning and sometimes evening before bed, there's times where I've really, um, yeah. And being out in nature, and I know we never, we haven't really talked about that, but you want to talk about unplugging. You want to talk about, I'm speaking for myself, to be closer to God, to be closer to creation, to be closer to maybe what, what peace and perfection really are, is just to be in nature. We do, I spend a lot of time in the bush. I spend a lot of time hiking or walking or skiing or snowshoeing or canoeing, uh, I spent a lot of time doing that. That feeds my soul. That is a need that I have to feed. So I can come here and have a great workout and feel amazing after. It does not compare to how I feel when I come out of the bush. And that to me is just, I think our lizard brains or our ape brains because we, they haven't really changed a whole lot in the last, you know, several thousand years, but we need that. We need to hear the stream flow, the birds chirp, the winds, like we need that. So for me, when I'm really lost and I'm really in a bad place, you will always find me out for a walk in the bush. Um, to me, that is my, that is my first therapy. The second one is I go pay for it, but that's the first Uh, I I think you also find a level of honesty within yourself when you're in nature. When you're walking with somebody, it's so interesting when I talk to young people, especially even one of my kids, to look you straight in the FaceTime is sometimes hard to talk. Mm -hmm. But if you're walking side by side in nature, things just seem to flow out even more authentically because you just feel like, okay, this is a safe, uh, for me, to me, it's a safe place. So again, going into nature, maybe you need to take your shit get some portable Wi-Fi and go sit in nature and be able to create on a whole different level, like a whole different level. And, you know, that's one of my goals is in the future is to take young people out on hikes and teach them to be in nature. 
I, I really, that's, I'm working on that. I'll talk about that another time though. So the fifth one and the, and the last one is spirituality. Uh, Mark Devine calls it the Kokora spirit. That's his, his name for it. You know, that would be the fifth mountain. And this one is very personal. This one does not have to be faith-based or, you know, like a Buddha. It could be whatever it is for you, whatever higher power, whatever enlightenment, however you see that. Again, for me, a lot of it is nature as well. Um, it's waking up to your authentic self. This is the really, this one should bring you just that sweet, sweet peace. This is the person that you know you are, that you know is a good person, that has that gentle soul. This is where you're just really connecting with that sort of infant inside of you. Um, just knowing that sweet self and being kind to yourself and in, and in that spiritual space and that you're accepting all of yourself, flaws and all. Something to ask yourself, too, is when you're really searching for that core is, don't agree with something you don't agree with. So if there's something that's in you that's just not right, you don't feel good, I can't understand it, this is not aligned with my cores, don't agree to it. Don't make... You know how we do that to ourselves? Well, if I just do this, I can do that. Or if I, you, you make these um, if bargains, yeah. hey, you make these bargains. Yep. We find, and we all do it. Oh, okay, 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 I'll do that and I'll do this. And then if I just do that, then I can do that. Don't make bargains with your true spiritual self. If you don't agree with it on a physical, emotional, or spiritual level, then don't do it. Because all you're going to do is cultivate resentment. You're just going to get resentful because then you did something you didn't really agree with and didn't really want to do. So sometimes I feel that way about a burpee. I don't agree with this, Paul. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to resent it, okay? I'm just going to, I'm throwing that out there. Yep. And I always will come back to burpees because they are the worst thing ever. But that, that's the thing. There's, if you're doing something in your business practice, your relationship uh, whether it be romantic or friendship, that you've agreed to, and it don't feel good, then you better reevaluate that. Ask yourself, okay, I'm in a situation here. Yeah, because you know what? It's going to fester. And nothing good of that is going to come. And then all this shit you've done in that emotional work, <laughs> you know, you got to revisit that again. So, and leading, developing a heart-centered approach to leading even if you're not a leader, if you approach always with the good intentions and have a heart-centered way of looking at things with kindness, instead of being combative, argumentative, or defensive, it will have a direct correlation on your physical and mental health. Right? And sometimes people are just more disagreeable by nature. Doesn't mean that they're, they just are. And we need them. We need people like that because they'll fucking question you and you want to go. And some are more agreeable. I'm more agreeable because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to offend anybody. I want to be liked. Like I know that about myself, right? So I'm, I am agreeable. I'm a smart ass, but I'm agreeable. 
but there's people who are just like, we have some members every day on the floor that are just disagreeable, but we love them. Like we love them. We're not going to say who, because we all know who they are. (laughs) We know who they are. But again, when you're, again, maybe you're in a shitty mood and you want to be a bit snippy. How is that going to serve you? Who's going to actually feel worse after? Probably you. More than even the person who received it, really. Because the person who received it is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're going to walk away, oh, damn it. And it's going to bother you, right? So if you lead with that, and again, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have a bad day. And you know what you can say? I'm not in a very good state of mind. And guess, see how fast people want to rally to help you, right? Because you're being honest. Um, The non-quitting spirit about not giving up. And I spoke about that, I don't know how many times, podcasts ago. Doing the work, even when you're terrified to, and facing down some of those shadows, but not quitting, because the other side is so much better than where you are right now. Right? Because you're always stronger than you think. Or wondering what would have happened if you kept going. 100%. 100%. So it's that non-quitting spirit that you, that you can try to cultivate. It's like, oh, I'm never going to be good, but I'm going to try. I may not perfect a movement, a goal, but I'm never going to give up until I, I, I got to try. No matter what the outcome, I have to try. Quick story. Very first triathlon. I was living in Dryden, Ontario. I don't even know if Sean was born yet, so I had two children at the time. This was a long time ago. <laughs> I was out, did the swim. Oh, it was cold. We had, I didn't have a wetsuit, and it was so cold. It was like early June. I swear to God, the ice just came off the lake. Got out of the water. Thank God I survived that. Got on, the, got on my bike. I was doing an Olympic distance. So I got on the bike, and I was doing the back road of Dryden, and I got a flat tire, and I didn't have a spare. And I was so demoralized. I wanted to finish so bad. I trained so hard for it. And I thought, you know what, God damn it, I'm going to finish this race. So in my bare feet, on the side of the road, which was not well paved, I walked my bike to the next, to the transition, bare feet. Bill came with the van, I'll help you, I'll take I said, if you touch me or the bike, I'm disqualified. It's a little rinky-dinky town race. It wasn't, the, but to yeah. me, to me it was, it was the Olympic stage. I had worked so hard for it. And I thought, I'm going to finish this damn thing. That's all I could tell myself. I walked that bike for miles in my bare feet over stones. I got there. I put my, people thought I was going to quit. I didn't say a word. I just kept, I walked right to the bike, racked my bike, put my shoes on. And I went running and everybody in the crowd, the crowd was full as Canada Day. The whole fucking town was out and they all stopped. And I was trying not to cry because I didn't want the attention. I was super embarrassed. I was super humiliated. And I had to do this for me. Maybe that's this, that tenacity. Like, I just, I can't not do it. 
put my shoes on and I started running. My feet were so sore. They were cut up. They were bleeding. I had bare feet, anything. I got my shoes on. I was going to go do, it was a ten, the 10K run. I think it was the end of it. They held the race. They waited for me. The doctor, one of the physicians was one of the race directors and he got on his motorcycle and he literally followed me the whole, I was so embarrassed. And I said, I'm going to finish. I said, no, go, go. It's fine. I'll just come in and finish all and I'll leave. I knew that my two little kids, I mean, maybe Ayla was two and Cole was four, I don't even remember. They were sitting on the side of the road waiting for their mom. And I knew that I had to finish because my kids were watching me. And I had to do it for myself too. The whole goddamn town waited for me to come in on the finish line. I was absolutely in tears. They made a big change at the um, awards ceremony and created an award for me. Of perseverance. It was the Perseverance Award. I, was, I had to go up and get, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I just, I was doing something for me, yeah. but everybody got behind and backed me. And I actually had never felt so much love that day. And I was in tears. And I remember running past the finish line and looking at my two little kids on the road. And they were so proud of their mom. And I thought, this was important. I had to do this for me to prove that I could do it. I wasn't going to give up. I was last. I came in last place. I was, probably should have been first that day, but I came in last. But I finished it. So it doesn't matter. You have to keep trying even if you're last. It doesn't matter where you place at the end. It's, it's how you got there. So that's a story about not quitting. And that's... An Olympic distance triathlon is a 1,500-meter swim, a 40K bike, and then you finished with a 10K, 10K run, run after walking one. barefoot on rocks for yeah, miles. miles. What an asshole. Like. Anyway. <laughs> but, I, but you do that You do that with people here, too. Like when a, workout, when a workout's going on um, and someone, there, there's one person left doing burpees or whatever, mm. I, and I know your love for burpees because you've professed <gasps> it throughout these podcasts. <laughs> You'll drop down and do burpees mm. with them. Or if they've got like a 300 meter run to finish off around the building there, like you'll, you know, you'll you, take off with them and stuff like. Yeah. You know what? Because I know what it feels like to be the last one. And it doesn't always feel great, let me tell you. But, but here's that kindness piece, right? We're all struggling in our own journey. We're all trying to figure shit out. And at the end of my life, I'm still going to be trying to figure shit out. Yep. But can we do it with kindness and can we bring each other along, right? Can we bring each other along for the ride? Because it's a lot more fun with friends to suffer with together than alone. So, and, and so that's the thing is, and there's also another part of the spirituality is service. And I talked about that a little bit as well. I believe strongly I am here to serve in whatever way possible. I care about my friends. I care about my family. I care about my community. That means everybody, even if I don't agree with you, I care about you. You have a right to be here. We share this space. Can we not do it with a little bit of respect for one another on some level? I can't expect it all back to me, but I certainly will not bow down and not show it back. I just won't. The power of service is compassion, generosity, and abundance. And if we can't cultivate that on some level, it doesn't mean I do this good all the time. I still get pissed off at people. <laughs> I still get disappointed. But I hope the core of it is that I emulate that in some way and I strive for that. I don't always get it right. 
Um, but, you know, it just, it, it comes back to, it's almost like a fur, full circle moment about telling the stories, how we, how we narrate our life, um, what we do to practice, to make ourselves a little bit better than yesterday, and I love that so much. Self-awareness, management. We can create our own exit strategy. So it comes back to the beginning. What the fuck is your exit strategy? If you take some time for you, because you deserve it, anybody out there deserves this, that you look at these mountains that are laid out, just have an awareness. You don't have to. It might mean nothing to you. It might be mean a little bit or it might mean a lot. But you have an exit strategy. Some of these things here will help you to create a beautiful exit strategy with a, with a life well-lived, you know, to the best that you can. And, and that, that is my, my dream, you know, for the people that are in my life. Can, I, can we all do this a little bit together? Take some of the burden off, right? So you can, you can create your own exit strategy in a beautiful way, but you've got to put the work into it. It's not going to come easy. Yep. There. Totally agree, Corey. There you go. And we don't know when we're going to be exiting, so no. it's, it's something that you can start working on you know? and chip away at. And yeah. I could yeah. be a Betty White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And I've, I've thought of that too. And just like, you know, when I, when I turned 40, I was driving with Lexa. We were headed to my dad's place and I'm like, man, she was like, dad, you're getting old. You're 40 now. And I'm like, thanks, sweetie. <laughs> and I'm like, I was thinking like, yeah, this is like midlife. And I'm like, well, maybe it's not. Maybe I got another five years. Maybe, like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Not to be morbid again. But no, but it's still, it's, it's reality. Like, yeah. You might not have that extra 40 years that you think you have or, or mm-hmm. whatever, but mm-hmm. you know what? Just do the best with you, what you have in front of you every day. And mm-hmm. Cause I'm not the same person I was 30 years ago. Yeah. I wasn't, I'm not the same person I was yesterday because every single day we're evolving and growing. And if we can do that with some humility and some compassion, that, that, that's a dream for me. That's peace. It's a win. It's a win. Well, Thank you so much, Corey. Thank we you. we probably would have gone a bit longer because there's still there's still some stuff I wanna I wanna talk to you about. I know we we had talked about body image and bodybuilding, and mm-hmm. you know now you're here at Stark doing functional training. So it's like, how did you how did you find your way here? We knew each other from the wellness when I was coaching boxing classes above <laughs> IGA. You had to walk through the meat department yep. to like go there. Corey was doing that. Um, so yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about some of that stuff because you've had some amazing experiences with that. We didn't even touch on that in all three of these episodes so far. Sorry. And and no, don't be. <laughs> and we just had um, Ashley from Azura Bay next door just like knocked on the door and opened it. And she's like, somebody booked a no sweat <laughs> intro like two hours ago. I'm like, I've got my notifications turned off. So it's like, this is our, this is apparently our cutoff for the day. Yeah. So I would definitely like to talk about that too. Cause that's yeah. critical for also young people that are kind of getting into fitness and what's being bombarded again on social media yeah. and this whole body image and these competitions. And, and I'm not going to knock them. That's not what I'm here for, but mm-hmm. I'll give you my perspective for sure. Yeah. Because 
body image right now in this world, even for men, it's the same for men too as, as it is for women. Yep. I mean, it is, it, it's a very scary place. And when you have a good, strong foundation of, uh, of what that is for you and your own self, you know, if you enter into these competitions mm-hmm. and you know who you are, no judge, nobody can tell you, you're still freaking awesome. So I would definitely, you know, in the future, if people are interested in that, we should have that conversation and why I brought why I came to Stark and, and how glad I'm here to be here and how this is, in my opinion, way better um, because I feel like my fitness is in a better place. So definitely, we'll, we'll definitely have that conversation. Well, I think we'll have to hit it next week just okay. so that just so we get four weeks of Corey in a row. Lord, so, yeah, I, yeah, I think people will be, be sick of that for hearing my voice. So. No, it'll be good. But thank you once again, thank Corey, you, for everything. I think this was uh, probably one of the deepest podcasts we've had um, out of our 100 and, well, your 101, 102, and 103 episodes. So, um, well, we celebrated the 100th somehow, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And, and uh, you know what? I, I, I love talking about this stuff. It's yeah. important to me. I can so tell. Oh. thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing everything. And um, we hope that this podcast and the other ones made you a little <laughs> bit better than yesterday. Thanks, Corey. Thank you for making the time to listen to the Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning. If you liked our show, please head over to the iTunes store and give us a rating. If you have any questions or suggestions about topics you'd like to hear us cover or people you think should be on this show, please let us know so we can make it happen. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that this podcast makes you better than yesterday.